Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Psychology of Lockdown. This is the 12th uh, episode of Psychology of Lockdown. I'm really happy to welcome George back to the land of the living. He had a uh, shellfish allergy last week that put him down for, for quite a number of days. So I'm glad you're feeling a lot better, George, and it's great to see you happy and healthy today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, you know, the shellfish uh, saga, that was not good. Yeah. I guess we can, you know, I learned that we can develop these allergies uh, suddenly. And you don't know that you got this issue until your lips start swelling and your hands start puffing up and you feel short on breath, uh, as I did, as was the case. Yeah. So I went to the hospital and I said, no, I don't have the Rona. Right. <laughs> no, no, Rona. Shellfish. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. You bet. You're looking good today. So Thanks, good to have buddy. you back. So are you. Thanks for having me back. And so today we're talking about otheration and codependency, and we're going to get into these three ego states, which you've been telling me really help uh, the average person to kind of nail down different personality types and what might actually be going on behind behind the scenes in that subconscious mind that, that throws people off, that turns people uh, into a, the mystified personality. Exactly. Well, you see, obviously, people, we all love behind the scenes, uh, you know, people who like to watch content. I personally love seeing what's going on behind the scenes, how things come together, mm -hmm. how they work. You know, that what we're seeing on the stage of life, the psychological stage of life or the stage in general of life. Um, how did that come to be? And similarly, how did this person come to be? How, what, 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 you know, shaped this individual, right? And people are left guessing many times in their relationships. They're not sure who the best hiree is or, you know, who the best contractor could be or who the best relationship could be. Or is she a good teacher for my daughter or my son? You know, these are all things that people generally struggle with. And in many cases, they're left to guessing. Mm -hmm. And they're left to guessing because human beings, as we were saying off camera there, that we have a developmental process that we go through. Nobody escapes this process. But what everybody does deal with is the incompletion of the process. Since no parenting person is perfect and nobody can do this job perfectly, it's too difficult. People have needs that do not get met at the developmental stages of life. Mm -hmm. So when you come into this world as an infant, that's your first stage, nine to 18 months, you move on to the 36 months with toddler, then preschool, then school age. So this staircase of infancy, toddler, preschool, and school age, and that's not the only developmental model. I'm using the four stroke from Bradshaw because it's, it's short and sweet, but it encompasses all the same uh, uh, contextual uh, ideology, the same uh, uh, developmental explanation about how human beings grow and develop. Mm -hmm. So because a child is needy by nature, not by choice, you see, uh, an adult child is needy 
because he or she didn't get their developmental dependency needs met. But an infant or a baby or a child is needy by nature. They haven't gone through the process. The adult has. The adult is the finished product. And from the adult, we extrapolate an inventory. When I know what the needs at infancy, toddler, preschool, and school age are, I could get indexes of suspicion to answer the question, did my wounded infant, did my wounded toddler get wounded? See, unmet needs are wounds. Mm -hmm. Right. So when a person doesn't fully develop, they develop what's called codependency. Codependency is a disease of the developing self. Remember, a child needy by nature, an adult is needy uh, because he or she didn't get their developmental dependency needs met. So what happens to a person when they don't get their needs met? They grow up to be an adult child. That is a person who is clearly an adult, but they have a little child running around inside them who didn't get their needs met. So once we know how to name these behaviors, the interpersonal issues that arise in relationships, once we know how to name those, we're able to determine at what age, what developmental level this person was arrested at, what we then call arrested development. Mm -hmm. Everyone's heard that term. You know, what's the difference, say, between someone who had an arrested development at depending on the phase, like the infancy versus the if the arrested development happens at the toddler phase or the arrested development happens at the school age phase, you know, is it? Oh, I, that's I a very good question. It's deeper at the infant level. That's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to answer, we've got to know what the purpose of the developmental phases are. So let's go through that. Okay. Infancy, that's about trust. Naturally, every new experience in a person's life is infancy. New job, new apartment, new car new coat. <laughs> Can I trust my coat right, to make sure. me look good? Maybe. <laughs> you know? yeah. Infancy is about trust. And Eric Erickson found uh, that an infant's sense of trust must be greater by age two, or it will pervade all subsequent relationships. How many, you see, remember, trust is related closely to abandonment. When infants don't get their needs met, they experience that as abandonment. It it registers as abandonment. So then they grow up to be an adult, forgetting what happened in infancy, nine to 18 months. Most people don't remember that. You know what? You know how you find out is when you get in a relationship. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Ever been in a relationship, folks? (laughs) With somebody that had abandonment issues and they didn't trust you? Where are you going? Who are you talking to? What's up here? Come on. Right, right. Uh, That happens. Again, that's the infant, but people wouldn't know that because remember, you just asked that question, that million-dollar question, what's the difference between what happens at toddler or infancy? So with infancy being about trust, remember, it pervades all subsequent relationships. If the infant's trust uh, did not uh, uh, exceed a a sense of mistrust greater and become a, a, a greater sense of mistrust by the age two, it would not pervade or hurt or injure the relational development later in life. But this is infancy. Now, I hate to say this, but I'm going to. Because the divorcees may feel a little bit of shame, but that's okay. Most of the marriages that end today are because of infancy issues. Sure. Yeah. Trust issues. Wow. 
Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about infancy, infancy is a foundation. The house has a foundation. That framework must trust the foundation of the house. You see? For sure. You like the analogy. Yeah. If the framework doesn't trust the foundation, it's going to collapse. It will collapse. Yeah. So this is why it's so important to develop good, strong infancy needs to have that mothering source that knows how to read the cues of that baby and know what he or she needs based on those cues and meet it. Because in so doing, you are building the currency of self-esteem. You are building the currency of the I am who I am. And you are a major contributor to who I become. So Knowing the needs, the inventory of needs, being able to name them is a fascinating, insightful uh, uh, batch of information to have to rely upon when you're parenting. And boy, does it ever make parenting so much easier when you understand what the needs are, <clears throat> excuse me, at each developmental level. Mm -hmm. So if you understand that infancy is about trust and it's a vital building block for everything else to rest upon the framework of toddlerhood, preschool, and that of school age. Once a person realizes the power of that framework and how it is resting upon the trust and self-assurance that leads to happiness, they are the very things we kill, I guess. Who wrote that? Don Henley? Um, it, it is exactly that scenario. And when that is killed, everything collapses because the person cannot develop, feel confident in the world without trust. We say there's, without trust, there's no business. Without trust, there's no relationship. Without trust, there's no self-security. Without trust, there's no ability for one to stand up for oneself and question things. So trust is a vital ingredient. Now, when we move on to toddlerhood, you see, which is exploration. Right, kids get into everything. You know, you know that. No, I won't. You start saying no, like day does night. No, I won't. You can't make me. You know, I'm not. You're confusing me with somebody who wants to hold your hand or go to bed. Okay, I'm busy. I got an agenda. You're in the way. You guys figured out your job. Figure out who's taking care of me, and I'll let you know if that works out good. Okay. Right. <laughs> Other than that, I'm not going to bed. I don't want to hold your hand. <clears throat> and if I want to go potty at the grocery store, and you don't want to reward me, screw you. I'll do it again. Right. Okay. So <laughs> this kid is starting to develop a self. They're starting to separate. They're starting to say, I'm going to be me now. I'm going to be myself. In infancy, I was you. When, you. when I moved my arms, I thought it was you, but no longer am I you. I'm going to be myself now. I'm going to start separating. I starting to understand that this world is at my back and I am going to separate from you, but I want you to be near just in case I need you. Just in case I can't do it. But I'm going to take all the risks I can because you gave me a really good in, uh, infancy. I could trust myself to go down that slide, to ride that bike, you know, to walk across the street and know that I'll be safe. Okay. So, so this is fascinating how a toddler begins to do. There's no separation without trust and without that developmental polarity of trust being instilled ingrained in that child so that there's that solid foundation i spoke of a little while ago now you got now the one thing i want to get into here is when i talked about the three ego states now 
those are all part of and a result of the meeting of these needs. They completely relate. When you get into the exploration, so this toddler is now explored. Now they grow up into preschool where they start to say, hmm, I want to start working with other people. I want to start networking some of what I've learned. And then they move into um, school age where they do now work in groups and the networking is, is full on. You're playing with kids, you're sharing, you're learning, caring, you're learning how to interact, you're learning interpersonal values. And these are happening in the moment. They're not like somebody is teaching them to you. They're happening just because human beings are social by nature and children love to interact with other children. If their trust and exploration needs were met. See, we have run into problems with working with people in preschool when the trust and the exploration needs aren't met. There are problems. There's interpersonal problems. Kids can become aggressive. Mm-hmm. It's an expression of I didn't get my needs met or to become rebellious. That's an expression of you're not meeting my needs. And I'm going to take that problem to school and project it onto that psychological stage of, uh, in the part of my life. So now, now, now we have these issues. So again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to reaffirm and demonstrate for the listeners that, that in order to develop these needs are important to have met. And what are some of the indicators if you don't get them met is very important to answer just as well. So having said that, when a person develops authenticity, you know that this person is predictable. You can read them. You know that to a good degree, you'd be able to determine how they would respond in certain social situations. They are predictable because they're authentic. Mm -hmm. Authentic is repeatable. You do it all the time. When people are other rated or they're fragmented or they didn't get their needs met, their developmental needs were not properly ingrained in them, installed. A lot of confusion. There's oddity in behavior. There's inconsistency in self-discipline and accountability and responsibility. These are abilities we talked about. Sensibility, vulnerability, accountability, responsibility. When you remove one of those abilities, what do you get? Disability. See, these are deficits. And then we have deficits in reasoning. So, So authenticity is the goal of childhood development. You want to become a true, your, your true, most, and authentic self, where you, where you have the power to live with your choices, you are soft, powerful, caring, and loving, mm-hmm. you have good boundaries, you're a good listener, you care, you know, you, you have a sense of what it means to be a human being. Right. And therefore, and- you've developed the power. So otheration, then, uh, how would you describe that? Is that like uh, reflecting uh, instead of being your authentic, true self, setting setting solid boundaries around your own beliefs? Oh, then okay. otheration is leaning on other people and and trying to impress okay. others or, that, or transforming that's the, yourself. That's the contrast to what I just said, mm-hmm. right? So so uh, Ortega, I took the, the Spanish existentialist Ortega said that that or uh, otheration. You know, is, is, uh, you know, animal life is always be guarded. At least you're never unguarded, always having to hunt your food. Okay. Whereas human life is characterized by within one selfness. Mm-hmm. Okay. That I am me. I do me for that. I came, I know who I am. 
when you're talking about other ratio, you're talking about a person who didn't get their needs met. They don't really trust the world. They're on guard all the time. They're walking on eggshells. These are the people who are easily scared and afraid. These are the people who don't question anything because they do what they're told because they're afraid. Right. So this is evidence, again, of what? Infancy issues. They don't know what to trust. Think about that. They're scanning the faces of other people. They don't know what to believe. They listen to opinions. They're easily swayed by the opinions of others because they don't know what to trust. They didn't get their needs met. Now, that's tragically sad, and it's vital for people. And folks, if you listen to this and you can relate to this, it's vital for people to do the work of integration. You've got to go back and find out what what you know what needs did, not, did I not get met. And I mean, if you grow up to be an adult child and you're having all these problems in your life and you didn't get your needs met, you better know it. You better know it. Because if you decide to have kids, whatever is missing in you will be missing in them. This is multi-generational. This can be handed down for years, decades. Right, for where sure. Families continue the same parenting model, the same uh, developmental model, and they never change, critically question, or update any of the rule books, any of the styles of relating interpersonally, emotionally. So, 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 so this is uh, again so powerful in that when we talk about otheration, people that are other rated are afraid. They're, they, they, they lack courage. They have self-confidence, self-esteem issues because they didn't get their developmental dependency needs met. That means that there was nobody in their childhood for them to depend on to get those needs met. And there's many reasons for that. Dysfunctional marriages are the worst thing for children. A parent's un, uh, unlived life, uh, dyadic enmeshment is a very dangerous thing for children. When their parents are not getting their fundamental needs met through their healthy relationship, kids don't get to grow up in the nurturing arms of love. They see dysfunction. Mm -hmm. They see, see intimacy dysfunction. Another way to define codependency is intimacy dysfunction. Sure. How can I give you me if I don't know who I are? If I have all this identity confusion. So, so, there are three ego states, and we'll and, and I'll delve into this now, which are very relevant to this whole uh, whole conversation around this developmental uh, concern. B people have three ego states, and when they grow up to be an adult, and uh, so many people ask me, like, how do I know? You know, is this person on the level? Like, I'm not sure about him or her, or what have you. So here's some. I'm going to give you some tools. Maybe you can apply this to and see if it's helpful for you. So the first ego state that you have is childhood ego state. Okay. The second ego state that you have is your parental ego state. The one that trained your childhood ego state. And then you have the adult ego state, your current life, your present life. Okay. Which you are now. Now, when we talk about chrono chronological age, uh, okay, a person can be 50, a person can be 45, but their developmental age differs. You can say the guy's 45, but he reads it like a, at an eight-year-old level. That's a developmental issue. Not always, by the way. There are other contributing factors, which I won't get into from a, a psychological standpoint. There are other reasons for deficits. 
It's not the only thing, but for the limits of this conversation, I'm going to stick to the developmental polarities because that's something that's more common. Mm -hmm. So in this case here, <clears throat> what you're talking about, when you have the childhood ego state, that's your emotional life. Okay. That's how I feel about myself and the world and the people that I, I am in, in the world with. Then you have the parental ego state, and then you have the adult ego state. Now, let's invert those a little bit. The child ego state, how you feel. The adult ego state is your current life, the one you're living right now. And then the parental ego state is called the unexamined life. That is where all the problems are. Right. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Mm -hmm. People generally don't get into a relationship and go, uh, which parts of me am I repeating that I didn't like my parents repeating on me? Nobody knows to do that. Right. But now you do. That's what's so fascinating about this entire conversation. I mean, this entire series is that so much of this subconscious uh, conditioning is the driving force behind the choices that we make. And unless we can take that subconscious aspect of ourselves and make it conscious and then make choices based on our conscious mind, we're just going to be repeating these same patterns. Every, every human being has a desire to know who the other person is that they're with or want to get to know. Everybody wants to know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a look behind the scenes. And if you really want the behind the scenes, and I know some of it is not. Right. The, the shadow work. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not many people are interested in delving into this. They, they, they're not thrilled about it. Yeah. And I get, and I get why that is because there's a lot of shame there, but let me tell you the restoration is worth it because the power that you get to reclaim when you've done this work, the shadow work, reclaiming the shadow side, that's where all the arrested power, the arrested development is. Right. There's no need to be, be ashamed. You're not, you know, you're not the select elite among the dysfunctional race. You're not the select elite among the flawed and defective people. Right. I mean, this is, this is arrogant that people actually think that I'm the best of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. And and uh, and in fact, it's so common. It's it's so common that it's you know, it's it shouldn't be you shouldn't be seen as as somehow uh uh you know, defective compared to everybody else. It's like actually if you if you can make this leap and stop I, I the term avoidance came to mind because people want to avoid those feelings. But exactly. if you confront that and you do this work then uh then you're actually one of the few that are on the healing path instead of just repeating these patterns, you know? <laughs> it's a disease. If you're, you see, I said, I'll say it again. Codependency is a dis-ease, let's hyphenate that, dis-ease yeah. of the developing self. When you don't get your needs met, yourself doesn't develop. And we've got to get it that that's a form of spiritual bankruptcy as well. We've got to understand those currencies need to be restored. The values need to be restored. The human being must integrate. Remember, human beings seek completion. Mm -hmm. If you go outside and look at your tree, just ask yourself how many branches it grew. And the answer should be as many as it possibly could. And how many leaves? As many as it possibly could. Human beings have a mediocrity issue. We settle for less. Yeah, for sure. That's not acceptable. But that is also learned behavior. You're yeah. taught, you know, hey, man, mediocrity, this is a good thing. Don't expect too much. <laughs> right. Right. 
I mean, just but we tell people to become their fullest potential while just, stifling that very goal. Just bringing it around into this entire, you know, this concept of the patriarchal culture that we're raised in, a culture that doesn't ask people to seek the authentic self, but in fact shames them into this trauma bond with the hierarchical authorities. We've, we've talked about it over and over again. We see it every day, especially during this time of COVID lockdown. Well, they've um, used all of those behaviors on us within COVID. Everything we're talking about here from a mystification uh, standpoint. Mm-hmm. Is is definitely tactical. Uh, we we discussed this with Dr. Mark McDonald. Th- this is all tactical. What they're doing, hence psychological warfare. They're using mystification, NLP, neuro linguistic programming, yeah. repeating phrases over and over and over again, so that it impacts our emotional brain. It impacts that childhood brain, right? And and that is tactical for sure. Getting, because we are human. Getting this shadow self, this this uh, parental ego state to, to start making the choices for you instead of allowing you as an individuated person, uh, a, a healthy person, to make choices for yourself. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating uh, and how effective it is. And then again, just going back to the fact that that the vast majority are traumatized on this level. I mean, we've been living with this this patriarchy for generation upon generation, and our parents have the trauma bond. And, you know, the idea of healing ourselves emotionally isn't even, we don't go to school and learn this stuff that you're talking about. I mean, why not? You know, we should be learning this from a very young age so we can start. uh, They want to, they, yeah, they want to, you know, I've never geo met, but they want to teach us where Australia is in grade four. I mean, I I don't get it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if later in life, we want to go to Australia, we can, it's on the planet. We'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, but let's teach, teach, you know, teach the kids some other stuff. I mean, they spend a proportionate amount of time teaching kids where they don't need technology exclusion of what they do need to know. And the value of family and relationship and development, human development, to mm-hmm. me, that's a bedrock issue. You've got, if the more you know about human development, the better of a human being you can be to yourself and to others and great, the greater the contributions you can make. Right. I, I love that I am in a position to work with people at very deep, uh, deep uh, uh, degrees, uh, really deep dives to be like, even to work with you to do this kind of stuff. Sure. This is all deep stuff and people are, interested in it it's just we don't see enough of it it is not in schools if you want to learn it it's a specialty uh uh, subject matter you got to go to university you've got to acquire the right knowledge and then you've got to learn how to think critically what to keep what to leave out and once you start to develop that sense of confidence you start to feel your completeness in all of this by the way there is an end to all of this you do become the master of your own destiny if you like uh but not for codependent wounded little children who mm-hmm. are afraid they're not going to embrace life uh, on this level because they are still feeling externally controlled that's the trust issue that we spoke of in infancy. So how can you engender happiness? You cannot be authentic. When you don't have your needs fully met and installed, you cannot be fully authentic. So the goal of authenticity, 
is derived from completion. You've got to finish the business of childhood. If you don't, and if you don't embrace your demons, they'll be back to bite you in the ass. You've got to be willing to do the hard work necessary to integrate your history and make peace with it. Mm -hmm. And to understand that all of those things that you deny yourself are denied power, is denied sustenance, thus denied life. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, and the other thing that's coming to mind is that a healthy family sounds like a what I would describe as a free society. <laughs> you know, the the parents are giving the kids the needs that they that they require, but also allowing them the freedom uh, to be able to express themselves in their own way and paying attention and listening and. Uh, understanding what the child wants and the child is participating in the family unit as an equal rather than uh, a hierarchy within the family where the children are shamed or traumatized into simply doing what they're told. Absolutely. And again, characteristic of everything we've been experiencing with the lockdowns, how these people have manipulated, the governments have manipulated people into believing this stuff that they can prey on that and exploit that lack of trust that adult infant has in them right the person who's afraid to explore that that wounded adult toddler you know this is this is all abuse this is all abuse people can call it what they want in my opinion it's all abuse because you're exploiting the human being you're taking advantage of their transparent weaknesses for your own gain to propel an agenda you are using inhumane uh, treatment toward people uh, that is damaging to their families. It's damaging to their own development. It's damaging to what they get to do in their own worlds for their children and their families. And for anybody to stand idly by while that's going on, in my opinion, is severe delusion. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we're looking at about 30 minutes. It always goes by so fast. Um, I just listen, I got no more to say on this. We, we, <laughs> right, right on. I mean, I, I, we don't want to inundate anybody, do we? I mean, okay, you want to know who your friends are, you want to know who your people are. Remember, childhood ego state, adult ego state, your current life, and your parental ego state. Examine that parental ego state. That is vital. If you want to reclaim power that you yeah. lost to your parents, make sure you find out what. That unexamined life is that parental ego state I mentioned in the three, the last one. That's your that's the one you're dumping on your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your boss or whatever. Okay. Getting into scraps that originated with your parents and where you have internalized your parents' behavior as your own. And you're repeating it, even though you didn't like it. So get rid of that stuff and reclaim the real you. Yeah. The what you want to do, the who you are. It's it's fascinating. And just in conclusion, maybe, I mean, we're kind of touching on it, but it seems like because all of this is so subconscious, are there techniques that we can use to to um, tap into our subconscious? Because it's so difficult to see these patterns in ourselves uh, when it's all way back there. You know, how, how do you start the healing process on that subconscious level okay. when it's so difficult? Well, that, that, that's a good question because the subconscious is the storehouse for forbidden feelings and drives. Mm-hmm. Remember, shame is a very forbidden feeling, especially if you feel flawed and defective. You know it's there, but it's at the subconscious. We've got to take the unconscious and the subconscious material and make it fully conscious. That The only way out is through. 
Right. So when you talk about techniques for how do I heal, you've got to be willing to stare it in the face. You've yeah. got to be willing to welcome it back to the table. In other words, you want to be able to say, we've got to have a parts party. I got to have the shame based self. I got to have the infancy self, the taller self, the preschool. Call them right. all to the table. Right. Not be you afraid know? to feel those feelings. You're going to feel ashamed about some of your past actions. Summons it's them. okay. Yeah. Summons them. Summons them. Yes. It, I, okay. We, we've heard it. Yep. You're not thrilled about doing this work, but I'm telling you, it's humbling. And once you're done it, it can never happen to you the same way twice. Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much, George. You want to let people know uh, you. about your work with the line real quick and where they Absolutely. can find out more. Yep. We've got a lot going on. If you want to me, uh, email me media at the line, international.com, get us on at the line media, Twitter at the line, Canada on Twitter, the line, Canada on Facebook, same with Instagram and telegram. We're all over the place. The line, Canada and the line international. Uh, yeah. Cool. It seems, it seems like Telegram is uh, is kind of on fire these days. It's a good place to go uh, censorship-free to have the conversations that you want to have. Yeah, I keep hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten Great. myself uh, on Telegram as well, which you can find at The Shift with Doug McKenty. I, of course, have been your host of this uh, the 12th episode of the Psychology of Lockdown series. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. My personal page is kind of blowing up, so just check that out, Doug McKenty. Uh, I also have a Facebook page, The Shift with Doug McKenty. I'm on YouTube at The Shift, on Twitter at D McKenty. Uh, but I try to get as many people as possible to go to the website. Um, that way we have control over uh, our the conversation and we don't have to go through these, uh, these big tech third-party platforms. So please check me out at www.theshiftnow.com. Sign up for the newsletter and you'll get uh, weekly updates about everything that I produce. So thank you so much, George. Another great episode and we'll be back again Thanks, next Doug. week with number 13. Do you have uh, the topic handy for, for next week? It's going to be negative and positive hallucinations. Ooh, sounds like that's, another good one. That's a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, we're going to do that one next week. It's a spinoff right from uh, out of codependency. When you don't heal that, this stuff comes forward. Uh-oh. Positive and negative hallucinations. All right. Awesome, George. Thanks again. And uh, we'll talk much, to Doug. you and talk to everybody in the audience again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Take care. All the best. Bye, folks. Thanks. <laughs>